Today on Talk About That, I scold John for running on empty and attempt to impress a girl with popcorn. Meanwhile, John calls me a Grinch and proposes a permanent holiday tree. Also, conversation on hustle, burnout, and the balance between chasing opportunities or letting them come to you. Today's episode is not sponsored by Christmas cookie tins. The cookies are gone. This is where your mom keeps her sewing stuff now. Let's get into it. The holiday spirit is in the air, Johnny. Let's talk about that. It's the most wonderful time of the year. It's not even December yet, and I am forcing Christmas vibes to happen already. Are you listening to Christmas music already? Absolutely. Really? Absolutely. Sadie and I and Laura, we're all listening to Christmas music. I turn it on in the house via the Bluetooth thingy that I have. In the, what do you have? I have a sound bar that I can Bluetooth to. Oh, I see. So, yeah. so you have to use your phone. Because yeah. I was telling you there's a new device where that Apple has, which I think Amazon has one similar, where they connected to your Amazon Music account. Yeah. But this is connected to Apple Music, which I have. And you just can say, like, play Rascal Flats, and it just starts. But is it really taking that much trouble to just have to go find Rascal Flats? Well, it's like... Like, what else does it do for you that you can't already do with you a can ask few... It, I think you can ask it questions for the internet and things, You know, you too. could just take your phone and go play Rascal Flats I think through the, a Bluetooth. I think it's it. because we grew up on those shows. Our generation grew up on shows where, like, a random sci-fi world would be, and a guy would go, Computer, yeah. find me the latest statistics on whatever. And they'd be like, people, 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 poop, and it would start spitting out data. And we need that satisfaction of that moment. Like, to just fulfill the childhood dream of what technology could be. It's like, remember when we thought we would all be eating, like, pills instead wait, wait, of food? You're not, you don't eat pills as food? Well, yeah, when you get older, <laughs> that really is what you do, I guess. <laughs> but, you know, we thought, I knew it would never be because it's like, no, we love eating too much. We're not going to be like, oh, this is like a steak dinner in this capsule. I was like, no, but I want the steak dinner. Right. I don't need efficiency here. I need to enjoy And I knew it. flying cars wouldn't happen. Johnny, because it just doesn't make any sense. It's not over, man. Have some hope. But think about it, okay? Right. How are we all going to navigate? There's no there's no right, shoulder to, of the road. Yeah, if you have a fender bender, you die. <laughs> like you plummet to the earth. <laughs> you know? It's yeah. like, oh, dinged you. Like it's not that. Or if it's, you run out of gas, you plummet to the earth. Run out of gas, you die. Yeah. So you, and, and you're one of those guys that like runs it. You run pretty hot. You run to the mm, slash. Not anymore, not much. Every time I've ever gotten in your car with you, I look over and you're like, no, no, I go, dude, what are you doing? It's like, it's like your yellow get fuel now or else lies on. Yeah. What's hurt us, though, is the thing that tells you exactly how many miles you have. Oh, yeah. I'm like, dude, I got 20 more miles. Yeah. I'm not. It's fine. It saved me. So, you know, my we talked about this before, but my GMC Terrain, which I've uh, sold or traded in. Not a sponsor. No, yeah, yeah. Definitely not a sponsor. My Terrain was an okay car, but it was nothing but trouble in this aspect. When it said low fuel, you were about to run out of gas. Yeah. And it would say 40 miles to empty, but I ran out of gas twice on a date with my wife. I would just be like, um, and I would have to like have her help me push it to a station or we'd have to wait for it. One day we wait for you. You had to come bring me gas. You went on that many dates with your wife? We're just, we believe in it, John. We just... <laughs> Two? No, I, I, um, I live in, and before those, the technology that told you. Yeah. Like, there's there's something thrilling about it, bro. I guess it is. It's know, a, we can make that next exit. I don't we think, can do it. I don't think women do that. And I don't want to, like, divide gender roles, but I just do, we've talked about before. Well, you that do I know do, a lot about women. That I do believe that, like, women don't have the same thing in them that, like... Uh, I think we talked about the video of the kid hitting the trash can button and making the metal lid hit himself in the head and laughing to the other boy. Yeah. It's like, I've never seen a video of girls doing that. Yeah. Um, and every skateboarder, like there's always like a few female skateboarders on these videos, but it's almost always guys going like, I'm going to do a triple flip down Onto this rail. my crotch. Right. Right. And it's just, that's a thing. So it's like, yeah, I do think that I wonder if there are women out there and maybe they could just give us feedback. In Twitter or something, like, do you like running it past the slash? It's it's not just laziness. It's like, yeah, it's an edgy, like, like you have money in your wallet to pay for the yeah. gas. And you have time to stop to get the gas. It's not just about like, oh, I run so crazy. My life's so insane. No, that's what I convince myself it is. That's yeah. what I'm doing. It's like, you know what? This I, get extra... it if it's, I get it if it's cold because it was cold today and I needed gas. Yeah. And I was like, ugh. Mm. But it's not going to get any warmer today. Man, that'll preach. <sighs> Come on, guys. <laughs> Some of y'all not Some of y'all running out of fuel. <laughs> it's not going to be any warmer than it is right now. You're running on empty. <laughs> Get to this altar. 
I was talking with someone the other day who does not come from our background, uh-huh. and he's a friend who's Presbyterian, mm-hmm. and he I'm like his source for like he asks me all these questions like that he's researching like 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 you know, some documentaries like so what do you guys do with this what do, what do Pentecostals do like he wants to know all the stuff because yeah. it's this fascinating juxtaposition between our two childhoods and all this stuff yeah and I was telling him like well then he, like the key to Pentecostalism is the altar like mm-hmm. you come to the altar yeah he was that's like, like the he was like station. really yeah I was like yeah I was like Sunday nights bro like that's the because <sighs> we're talking about how there was something he was doing where. They were praying until something happened yeah. or until they, you know, and I was like, yeah, oh, that's like, that's yeah. it. Like you don't leave on Sunday night until you think you broke through something. Happened. And, and there was a lot of good things that happened in that. I'm not yeah. poo-pooing all of it, but by the way, do you know that poo-poo, <laughs> I read, is- I read in a, like a, yeah. in a, in a huge historical biography uh-huh. by like a Pulitzer Prize winning author, use the word poo-poo, mm-hmm. P-O-O-H. Dash P O O H. Right. Like it's a real thing. Yeah, yeah. I just thought it needs to be dismissive towards. I thought you we were talking the idea. I thought we were saying I poo poo. <laughs> but didn't you always assume that poo poo was like right? Poop? You're, yeah, yeah. I don't look. I don't know. He's like, a, you're poo pooing the idea. Yeah, like I'm someone's. I just always assumed that was related to poop. Yeah, and apparently it's not. Huh. And so this is this is how I learned to write, bro. Right here. So now there's I, like a really dismissive cartoon character out there named Winnie the Poo Poo. He he's just like mm, I don't think so. <laughs> this guy takes off his glasses and gives a condescending view of the world. Not this time, Piglet. Yeah. No, I I no, of course the first thing I want to do now is go use that in an email or something. Yeah. And and pass along. Someone's gonna be like, what? He spelled yeah, no, it. No, I'm an actually H. really smart. Like yeah. that's the thing is you, you you run the risk of looking stupid, but really you're being smarter than the other person. Right. And kids, this is why reading is so important because yes. you pick up just little tidbits and just you just add to your intelligence one poo poo at a time. Mm. You know I'm that? telling you what. <laughs> it's kind of like parenthood. There's just one poo poo at a time. There really is one poo poo at a time man. for parenthood. Holy moly. Ooh, dog. Did you know there's gonna be a reboot of parenthood? Did you no. hear about that? No. I never really got into that show either. What is wrong with you? Well, I'm not a parent, so maybe that's part of it. It's a parent. But I do watch shows about other families and How stuff. How could you so. not? Did you try it? Like, I like This Is Us, but I got to a point in This Is Us where I was like, I just don't like having a mental breakdown every week. <laughs> <laughs> it is an emotional. It just puts me, I mean, I'm. you know, you are, we've talked about how much of a softy I am. I'm yeah. so sensitive. So I would just be goo. Yeah. And then you get to think like, do I want to watch this or do I want to watch Dumb and Dumber? Where I just don't have to like do anything, or do I want something that's really like light? Yeah. So I would just choose after a while, like season two, season three. I was just like, "This is us, man. You're bringing me down. You're going by now. Now Jack's in Vietnam, and I gotta hear this. It's like it's we a lot. did that a lot. I'd come in if I had a hard day. She would like we look at the DVR, and mm-hmm. I go, "I'm just not ready. Yeah, I can't do this is us tonight. Like, I need disengagement. <laughs> right. Like you said, it's, it is. It's it's a what's it's weird a is when you, what's weird is when you won't watch the three hour movie." But then you watch like eight episodes of Friends in a row. That's my Laura's like doesn't do movies. She's come to that realization. Yeah, but it's one of those intellectual connections that hasn't reached her emotional state. Like she'll go, "What is the problem with movies? We literally watch three mm-hmm. of these hour long episodes. Yeah. It's the same thing." But yeah, you know it in movie, your head, but you don't know it in your heart. Come on, guys, you can't. I think movies are dying though. Like the theater is dead. It's like a it's like a faded out star that the light the last light has not reached Earth yet. You know, it's one of those kind of things. <laughs> wow, that was you know what I'm saying. I always think about that. Like that was an incredible when, metaphor. You know, when things die, yeah, but we don't like, know it. We yet. don't know it yet, but um, it's over. Mm. It's like when you know, I don't know, like just, this podcast. Yeah, like this <laughs> podcast. Like it's clearly over. But you're we, listening to it right now, and you just don't know it. We were a dying star. Yeah, it's a very small star. Yeah, more like Pluto or one of the moons. But I think COVID was like the death blow. Because it was already like people were going to movies less and they were having to do all these things to woo you in. Like, we've got recliners now. Right. How about a foot massage? How about like a monthly doing- membership where <laughs> yeah. you don't ever pay? Yeah. yeah. Right. We'll do, your na- we'll do your nails. <laughs> like, they're just doing anything to get you in these rooms. And now then it's like, hey, come in and get COVID. Like, there was not a way that you could woo somebody. <laughs> Cause because they were streaming these movies, too. Yeah. So they would release a movie. And then two days later, they go, or you could watch it on Peacock. People were like, oh, let's do that. I could be in my bed. Push and pause. The thing is, though, I miss it, and I like the movies a lot. But it's just you go like every time I've gone to the movies the past month or two, there's two people in there, yeah. and I go, "How are they sustaining this? They can't even keep a staff with this." Yeah. So you know it's over, but I think it's changed because what we watch now 
it's totally okay to do like they used to call it the small screen. Well, I'll shift to the small screen once my movie career's over. These right. stars would like it would be like an insult to offer somebody an HBO series. You go, well, this is a movie. I don't want to be on HBO. Right now, it's like that's what you want. It's the best. The best quality stuff is being made into a series or a Netflix show or a yep. Netflix movie, and they have big budgets like these Hollywood studios used to have. So I just feel like movies are over, and I don't know what to do with that because part of my nostalgia button as a kid i'm going well what about going to the movies and getting your popcorn and like it's a bummer yeah i don't know i, I feel like saturdays is still a lot of people there like weekends i don't know, I it enough to sustain the this the, whole they industry. are charging you 60 dollars every time you walk in the door i can't imagine as a family like oh my god when i worked at home depot i had my part-time job still at the movie theater right so we would work uh i would work part of the day at the movie theater then i would clock out and i would literally walk across the street clock in at home depot and I, all these friends at Home Depot, they knew, and I was you know, 20 or whatever, they kind of knew, like, oh, Johnny works at the movie theater. And they kind of caught wind that we screened the movies Thursday nights. Like, I would put the movies together. I was a projectionist. You you get, like, six individual reels of this movie. They're in pieces. And you cut off the head and the tail, the little, like, five, four, three, two, one countdown thing that you see at the end mm-hmm. of old movies. I would cut that off, and I would tape them together. And you have to make sure it's in the right order. And then you wind it all together. You put it on this big thing called a platter. And it would feed through the middle and it'd go through. And instead of being a real trail, it's just laying there flat. And so that was my job. But you have to screen them on Thursday nights if a movie's opening Friday because it could be wrong. Like I could have made a mistake. And it happens before where you go, you're watching some movie and all of a sudden Susan Sarandon is upside down and backwards. Wow. And you go, oh, I'm glad we watched this. Yeah. So we have to do it. But it became this big thing where all the staff, they would invite their friends and you'd open up the soda pumps and you just like, oh, we're all going to, it's like a thing. We're watching the movie before anybody has seen it. So my Home Depot friends, especially the ones that had kids, they were like, hey, Johnny, uh, <laughs> hey, man, you work at the movie theater still? Hey, you care if I come? I go, yeah, I can invite a few people. And they'd show up with their kids and their families and just like six kids. And you'd be like, oh, my gosh. And they go, dude, you don't know what this means. Like for me to take my kid to this movie, like it would have been over 100 bucks. By the yep. time we get tickets and popcorn and like it's a nightmare. So they knew they could bring their own snacks without feeling bad. Because now it's gotten a lot easier to sneak in things. But if you know if you're going to a thing on Thursday night, nobody cares if you bring your own candy. So they bring bags of like whatever. Isn't it, but candy tastes better in the movie theater? Yeah, Isn't and it's it those gigantic. It's the only time it's I not. Use... It's like the it used to be they'd be the gigantic bars too. Like you get the yeah. this is a, the movie size Snickers, you know. Yeah, but it's the only time I eat Junior Mints. Yeah, within the movie, Junior Mints is weird because I like them, but it tastes weird with like a soda. Like you get this mintiness, then you got your soda. I don't know. Laura doesn't do mint dessert, or if you're doing a fruity drink, like oof, mint and yeah. fruit. It's like the orange juice toothpaste feel. Yeah. Like when you brush your teeth and you go, here's some orange juice. Yeah. <laughs> most gag worthy. It's awful. <laughs> but yeah, so my friends who had kids, though, they were the most grateful. Sure. They would be like, dude, you don't know what you just did. You saved me 150 bucks. It is. If you want popcorn, it's going to cost you like it's mm-hmm. it's a what, $20 ticket a piece. And then not always. We usually hit a matinee. We would save popcorn, like, because when you get done at the end of the night, there's always some popcorn left in the popper. And we'd bag it up in this big, like, clear trash bag. Yeah. And so one of us would take it home. So, I mean, I got so sick of popcorn, so I would never do it. I would just be like, throw it away. But I remember one time this girl who I was trying to, like, date, she came to the movie theater. I've been working there four months. <laughs> you brought out months. a trash bag of popcorn. I knew we had one in the back. So her friends came in, and my manager was in the in her office. And I was just like, hey, uh, take uh, you want some popcorn? Just take this. So she took this like half full trash bag of popcorn <laughs> into this theater and she's watching. And I'm like, oh, this is going to be big for me. I'm going to get points with this girl, whatever. So then the movie ends and the, it was the last movie of the night, last show of the night. So May, my manager, she would go through and she'd always go through the flashlight trying to find like stuff people dropped. Yeah. Like she wouldn't do it as a security thing. She'd be like, hey, here's a dollar, whatever. And sometimes you'd find things. And I see her, I'm looking upstairs because I'm projectionist and I'm looking down and she's, I see her flashlight and I'm like, huh. And then she shines the flashlight into my eyes and she's holding this bag because <laughs> they just left it. They didn't, you know, so they just nice. left it at their seat. So she knows like that came from us. Right. Like it's not like somebody walked in with a trash bag of popcorn. She's we like, we have a leak in our department. It right? is. It's like, <laughs> I found the mole. Like she is upset. 
So I had like some fast talking I did. Well, and I found I think I just told her, look, there's a girl like that the came girl. in. Yeah. <laughs> she 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 let me off the hook that day. <laughs> That's great. We had a we had a contentious relationship, me and that manager, but I think that was she gave me a little grace that night. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, but That's great. That's not the way to score points with a girl. But it didn't. She never called me. Well, uh, I was going to say, you gave her popcorn. Great, it'd be great if it was, and that was my wife. Like, but it <laughs> but was, no. it's not that story. <laughs> no, she left her trash. She cares yeah. so little about you. Right. She just She left got me out. in trouble with my manager. And you watched her from a distance from the projection room. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, this was more like a stalking than it was anything. Yeah, so. it really was. Yeah. <laughs> popcorn is not the way to the woman's heart, by the way. No. It is the way to my wife's heart. Oh, boy. Movie. But she already liked you. It wasn't like you were like, she's like, I'm on the fence about this guy. I, don't and popcorn I think the popcorn out. did it. <laughs> and it played no small role. Yeah. Yeah, my wife, um, I like to say all the important things in my life, uh, this is one of the reasons I struggle with knowing if I'm supposed to chase after opportunities or wait for them to come mm-hmm. because most of the most most of the big opportunities in my life or big things all called me on the phone like mm-hmm. i didn't have to i didn't do anything yeah and my wife so like like the job i work now andrew just called me on the phone one day when i was in east tennessee we had met at an event which i was telling that story in a podcast of the day by the way they asked where reggie and i met I was yeah. like, reggie i bet you don't remember we met at king's island yeah when Johnny and us and the band were doing it, and it flooded there. Yeah, summer blast. And he was the speaker, and we were the band. And that was now it had to be two thousand, right? Two thousand one, yeah. somewhere mm-hmm. around there. So twenty years ago is when we first really, you know, became friends. So that's where I met Andrew too. And then Andrew calls, no job, just we started being this relationship thing. And then eventually the job opened up. Boom. Same thing with my wife. You and I are doing an event uh, in Middle Tennessee. She's from Austin P. I'm from Tennessee. We're leading worship, meet this girl with a mutual friend, our old drummer. And I literally was like, okay, this is true. I mean, this, all guys say this, but this is very true. Like, I don't have a shot with this girl. I just got out of a relationship. But like, this girl's, I mean, like, not just out of my league. Like, I'm like down in single A. She's like in, you know, major leagues. Like, this is, mm-hmm. there's a lot of levels between us. And, and we met. It was fine. And then, like, two weeks later, she calls me in my dorm. Like, she just apparently, two weeks later, I mean, I, I attribute this to God because this is the only way that that girl would have wanted to date me. Like, she's like, I just couldn't stop thinking about that John Driver guy. I was like, that that took Jesus. And so she calls, and she was like, and she's the only time she's ever lied to me that I know of. She's mm-hmm. like, hey, I'm just calling a bunch of people from all of the, uh, from the retreat, you know, and I was the only one, John. Like she's following up? Yeah. And back then, you know, you... I'm just checking on the boxes here. Actually, I think it was an email first. I got an email. Hey, yeah. I'm just emailing a few people from the fall retreat, you know, and it was just mine. And so I picked up pretty quickly that yeah. I think this girl might be interested. And so uh, immediately I asked her out. Immediately. Run. Don't walk to the right. date if she'll go. So in, in that respect, like... I always wonder if you wait for things, should yeah. you wait for things to call Yeah, I don't know. or should you pursue things? I never know, especially like career stuff. Like the thing, I think that I had a conversation the other day about that, about how like, I think people who kick down, do- people who do the thing of like, well, it never hurts to ask. Like it does hurt sometimes. It can hurt to ask. It can hurt to ask. Like yeah. if you have a friend who just constantly is asking for things and they feel like this, they'll respect my hustle. Like they do to a point. There's a really, it's a thin line. Like yeah, you don't really know, is. you ride that, you ride that razor blade sometimes of like, is this right? Is this wrong? I think the thing I do now, I used to feel like, do I need to kick down doors and show people that I really want to do this? Now I don't kick down doors, but I try all the knobs, eh, you know, like good. see if it's your door. If the door's locked, good. But you don't know, do you try the knob? Like try yeah. the knob first. And so I, I definitely don't kick down doors anymore, though. Like, if somebody doesn't want... Because what happens if you kick down doors, you get in and they go, you were edgy for us. Like, I need somebody to want me to be there. Yeah. Because, like, if, a, if somebody hires me, a, a, an organization hires me, a church hires me, a, a corporation hires me, they vetted me. There's enough clips of me on the internet. They've listened to the podcast, probably. They've done things. They know what they're getting. They're never going to be surprised. That's a good feeling to know, like, they wanted me. Yeah. So they're not going to... Because when you start out, you're like, should I do this thing? Should they know what they're getting now with me at this point. And yeah. I like that feeling. So that's just, I don't know. I don't kick down doors anymore. I try not to. No, that's good. I mean, if you got to kick it down, I'm, there's a good chance it wasn't the right one. I yeah, mean, it's not your door. I don't know, though. I mean, it's the weird, though. But then you get into these, there's certain opportunities that they're just so, uh, they're so few and far between. Like, yeah. 
it's hard to know. Like, I do think there's a skill of like putting yourself in the room where things can happen. I'm reading this book about uh, this comedy writer named Alan Zweibel, and he would talk about how there started to be a. He was one of the first writers on Saturday Night Live in the first years, like you know, seventy five through eighty. So he talked about how, or seventy seven through eighty two, where when these artists started getting movies, like Animal House came out, yeah, and it revolution i was like oh saturday night live people can go on to like a movie career so all the comedy writers and the artists when uh, and the performers would end up staying late and it became a thing of like if i go home and alan writes a great piece if i'm not there he'll just give it to belushi because belushi stayed late so people started staying late and it became this thing of like, we're not working together anymore. It's like a competition almost. Yeah. Like, let's see. So he goes, I didn't really love that, but I understood. Like, I see I see people in my life, especially in comedy, that are great at putting themselves in the room. Yeah. And they're like, oh, we need a comedian. Oh, so-and-so's here. And yeah. you go, well, that's not who they really wanted. That's just, that was about availability. But then they could go on and kill it. Yeah. And then you really, really feel weird. You're like, ugh. Is this balance between the yeah. the stick-to-itive American bootstrap yeah. sort of ethic yeah. versus, yeah, dude, it, it it's a having that ethic comes with a cost as well. Mm-hmm. Like I do believe that it it's a when I meet someone who hustles, they only have a hustle gear. Yeah, it's it's not good usually, and, or they think hustle is everything. Yeah, uh, and 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 they also by by consequence kind of look down on people that have a like a balance. As people who are just lazy, like, well, look, if you got to sleep, I guess you got to sleep, but I don't sleep anymore. <laughs> you know, like, right. like it's like a show. It's like a sign of weakness to sleep. Yeah, it's very like I was talking with our mutual friend, Mike Burnett, who uh, is an Enneagram eight. Yeah. OK. And eights are often strong leaders mm-hmm. and they don't want to be controlled. Um, healthy eights. I mean, like Laura always says, you know, the a healthy eight is Martin Luther King. And an unhealthy aid is Stalin. So, like, they're all about whatever their cause is, you know. Yeah. So there's a, obviously a healthy and unhealthy side to both. But I told him the other day, because I'm a six, and I was like, what I get – and I thought about this while I was praying this morning. What I get jealous of when I'm hanging out with someone like Mike and I have a few other eight friends is their clarity. Yeah, They're not, like, paralyzed by – this over analyzing of all of your motives and your like, right. it's like Mike just goes, Oh, this is what I do. I right. know I want to do this. Right. It's super the, clear. The, the cause is a clarifying factor. Yeah. It, uh, uh, like we had that when we started uh, the church and when I started working at the church, we would talk about our core values and we would run everything through that filter. Yeah. Okay. Do we want to do the MJ five K race? Okay. Does it check? Box A, B, C, and we could run it through. Does this add to discipleship? Does this uh, increase our awareness in the community? Does it blah, blah, blah? Does it bring glory to God? Does it raise money for missions? Does it, we could check those boxes and go, then we do it. Yeah. And if we would go through and go, should we do a comedy night? Well, if it didn't check those boxes, it wouldn't just be like, well, we need an event. We just stopped doing those things. Yeah. The, the role of it, 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 it provided a clarity knowing our cause. And so I think that's true for some people. And some churches just go, well, we do an event every month, and that's just who we are. And that becomes it becomes a core value in its own way. Right. They just believe in events. They believe events bring people together in the community, and they can justify it. So I think there's a good balance to both things. There is, yeah, because I'm more likely these days. In my early days, I'm more likely to do the event because I had to schedule, like, this is what we do. Yeah. Being this activity will bring people closer. It gives mm-hmm. us this shared interest or shared um goal shared purpose you know and so then i would bring content in to follow the plan and i'm more likely now to want the plan to follow the content okay and so in that you you do get stuck though deer in the headlight a little bit sometime trying to like so at some point in time someone has to say we're going to do that yeah you have to pull the trigger and I will, I can analyze that to death now. Like, you know, is it really aligned? 
you know, and especially since COVID and, and the scarcity of resources causes you to really stop yeah. and go, what what is valuable here? And I think it's mm-hmm. been a gift in some ways because in the old days, we just did everything. You just do everything because everything – what I found from your whole core value conversation is – it's, but this is the way my brain works. I can fit every single thing that anyone ever does into the right core yeah, values. If you, yeah, if you yeah. massage it enough, it'll right. fit. Well, this technically will bring blah, blah, blah. And you right. Go, yeah, but what about the work versus what we're getting? Is yeah. it worth this effort to do this? When we could have done it with this other thing that's a smaller effort. Yeah, and it took us a few years to figure that out. Like, hey, guys, we yeah. figured out we filled this building up for X event, and we had no real conversations of no worthiness outside of just friendliness with anyone who came. Yeah. No one came to visit the church after the fact because that's not what the event was for. And we even said that. We don't care if you come here or not. Yeah. But they took us seriously. So they didn't come here. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like, and that's okay. You know, you. Yeah, there's things like that. Like we've done, we did the thing for uh, Trunk or Treat where like hundreds of people showed up and we couldn't believe it, right? That was mm-hmm. like a thing where. We had we're, thousands. We're not sometimes. a gigantic church, yeah. But like this thing happened where like, I think it was, wasn't it some happenstance where. The community pushed their trick or treating to another day, and so we know, were the only one, thing happening. Yeah, one year, like two thousand people showed up. We yeah. were like, "Holy moly!" Like yeah. we were out parking cars down the field. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So you know, we have things like that happen where you go, "Yeah, those people might all attend church, not all attend church here after this, but was it still worth doing for sure?" I don't know. I. Yeah, for me, it's like it's so much easier to be like, "Okay, this is going to be a lot of effort." Can I? I start trying to justify not doing anything because it's easier to do nothing. But, you know, some things are worth doing. Did you listen if, to the Mars Hill episode about the big stadium event they did in yeah. Se- Seahawks Stadium? What's yeah. it called? Uh, I don't know what it's called now. They, they named it, it what it's called then. No, Gillette's uh, the, pa- the Patriots. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that was interesting. To your point, they were talking about how that event was so huge. They pulled it off in like six weeks. Yeah. And they burned out. Okay. Yeah. Multiple people said that. Like they burned out multiple staff members, yeah. quite a few, dozens, who like never recovered in ministry. Right. Because they went 24 hours a day for six weeks for what? To pull off this visibility event. Right. Basically. It was yeah. Easter. It was a big coming and, out party. Yeah. Yeah. He was real cheerleader. You know, it was not the same. Like what, just because we could, like what right. is this? And it was really? still only like a fourth full. It wasn't like oh, they yeah. filled the arena. Or filled the yeah, stadium. It was like twenty thousand people or whatever in a stadium that holds eighty or whatever, yeah. and, and you just go. It, it felt very much like a monument unto their their ability to try, mm-hmm. and yeah. I think that's where you really get into this. Is is that wrong? I mean, I don't know if there's a right or a wrong there. I don't know, but you do have to think about the cost of people's mental health and organizational health. Like, Hey, if I've, if I've asked too much of you, I always struggle with that as executive pastor, like, or with volunteers, especially like I'll have one of our part-time staffers, you know, or a volunteer worship person. This happened a few weeks ago. Wonderful, wonderful vocalist, Bethany, who sings with us pretty much every week, holds down the fort for us. I mean, she's a social worker. She's just an amazing person. Shows up early (laughs) and just really like my favorite, one of my favorite people to sing with. I mean, Mm -hmm. just this butter, this butter voice, you know, just like, and she's just great. She's a great attitude. And she was like, oh, listen, there's a thing with some friends out of town this weekend. Like, is it? And I was like, go. (laughs) Like, I, I want you. Right. I don't. I don't want this and to I be hope a thing. This is worth missing heaven. Right. Right. I mean, like, you don't come back. Make that. But go. <laughs> right. no. But I You've mean, made your choice. <laughs> now go live. You in had it. your reward. I hope it was worth it. Uh, <laughs> but you know, yeah, you just you want people to. But the flip side is, it's okay to ask commitment yeah. of people. So yeah, that's the hard part, and I would, that's really hard about being a leader too, because like you say, if you don't challenge somebody who's like on volunteer staff or like. Um, yeah, I'm getting ready to do this thing for the Joe Beretta Foundation. It's like they have all these volunteers in volunteer board. And it's like if you don't give somebody something to do because you're afraid of overwhelming someone, it's like you're not giving them like a purpose. Yeah. You want to give somebody stuff to do because they want to feel like they're helping the cause. Yeah. So you have to figure out how to ride that line of like not overwhelming somebody who's working for you for free. Yeah. It's it's a really tough thing. It's, it is. it is. It's a very – I know at uh, some of the conferences I've gone to – where they do volunteer work very, very well. Of course, Andrew loves to say this. They, one of their things is you have to up the ask. Up the ask. And I don't, 
like saying that a lot because <laughs> Andrew loves just skirting right on the edge, you know. And the, it's like the, what was that slogan? Make seven up yours in the nineties and two thousands. It's very you know he's going to say it. Would it. Say make seven on the front of the shirt and on the back would say up, yep, yours. up yours. <laughs> and you know that the visitors in the room are not going to know what you're talking about because no. they don't have the context and they're going to miss the K. You know what I'm saying? And I'm just like, look, no, at the volunteer event itself, sure, because they've heard that before. Right. But well, let's not in general, not in gen pop. Let's not go saying that. <laughs> so. But but their point was like people want to commit yeah to a good cause um, yeah that's the whole thing of like money follows passion like if you can show your passion about something you can show that what you're doing really matters in the world like you don't ever have a hard time getting people to like flock to be a part of it and you don't have a hard time getting people to give towards it if you can just show with clarity yeah. that what you're doing matters and it works and you have organization people just yeah I don't know if I buy it I've never had all that yeah I was gonna say I don't. Know. <laughs> I need maybe, those three things. Maybe I'm not good at communicating. Like I think I have, especially kingdom things that we communicate as pastors, and people do respond. Yeah, but you just—I am so on the side. I guess I've done it long enough that I know how easily it overwhelms people. Yeah. So trying to find I, again, the eight's not worried about it. They might be. I don't know, but the ones I know in ministry are not. Yeah. They're just like, no, this is what we do, and I'm sitting here the whole time going, man, I sure hope Johnny. Is not going to not because I want you just to quit. That's not the make biggest concern. Is I'm shepherding yeah. also. Like I don't want to put something on you that is detrimental to your spiritual growth or community yeah. because I over overreached, you know, in that process. And so yeah, some, you need to watch it. I know. Well, you don't do anything for us, so it's fine. Oh, right. I mean, I asked you to play electric guitar the day. You're like, um, I don't think I remember how. Something like that. Wow. I was like, geez, Johnny. That's a dead on impression. I know what you said was is you sold your amp. Yeah, I don't have gear. You got rid of your gear. I don't have any gear Dude, anymore. We were a regional musical sensation. Right. And now you don't even have a guitar amp. We're like, <laughs> we're like the regional jet, like when you go to <laughs> we're the when you go to, is it is it American? Oh, it's American, American Eagle. Eagle. Yeah. Yeah, uh Brian Bates has a bit about that now where he says uh he goes, I bought a ticket to Delta. They put me on some Delta variant. I'm flying to <laughs> he called it a Delta variant. That's <laughs> so great. That's great. Yeah, I had yeah. A, I had we're a the, we were the regional version of a popular band. I had a meeting with a person in the music industry the other day about something else, and I was like, "Yeah, I was in a band, you know." And they were like, "Oh," because they were like, <laughs> they were a manager of some major acts. Like, oh, we would have heard in of the you? early two like, thousands. No, They're no. like, "Anything would have heard of?" I was like, "No." <laughs> I said, "The people we opened for you would have you would have heard of." But uh, and that's crazy because back there was a time I probably would have tried to sell us. Maybe I mean you know we had this. Song on local Knoxville radio mm-hmm. three times. You know what I'm saying? I would have just ended up looking like an idiot. I was like, no, you're not going to know us. So please don't go looking. So actually, I'm, I'm really proud of that one record. I am too. And I'm proud that you are our lead singer. John. Yeah. You sounded really good. I was proud to do it. Well, that's good. It's an honor, sir, serving alongside you. You should have helped me write better songs. That's the only thing I hold against you. You knew. You knew. Actually, that record was pretty good songs, but we could have even done better. Well, you should. There's, there's always a comeback. Listen. Bro. I do think about, not a comeback. I think about writing music more. I still occasionally write some music. Yeah, I wondered if what did this go away? You just you got into books and you're like, you know what? This is better. Nothing has to rhyme. I can be as wordy as I want. It is true. It's like it's all, great, it's all the parameters world. are removed yeah. there. There is a, uh, I think, yeah, it's so much just busyness, like, yeah. you know. But I, I did a an original song for worship on Sunday. Were you here Sunday? No. Uh, Curry was, though. She said it was a great service. I did an actual original song the last the last two uh, Sundays. They were your songs? Yeah. And yeah. you just snuck them in. You don't tell them. I did. Guys, I'm going to teach you a new one today. No, no, I don't, I don't I say it. I just wrote this. and uh, Well, they're old ones that they would have recognized. Sing it with me! <laughs> you get into it with the... I'm going to capo this up so high only a dog can hear it. <laughs> That's what I talk about now in my comedy shows about how like your worship leader has to do brand new songs every week and he... He puts it in a key so high, it's like a dog whistle. <laughs> it gets a big laugh, so I know it's happening in other churches. Oh, it's absolutely happening all the time. <laughs> My wife will say that. Like, I did a song. She's like, I, I love worship today, but I have to sing. Like, yeah. She has to go to the low octave to yeah. be with it. I was like, yeah, but if I don't go up there, I rag my voice out. Like singing high now is actually i've learned over the years that's the way i don't lose my voice huh singing low is what well, you I get, have to speak right after too right. you got to lead for yourself i get real gravelly if Bro, i get gravelly preach. down there come sometimes on guys. you got to lead mm. yourself in Before worship you can preach you got to say bless the lord oh my soul mm. you gotta etc yeah <laughs> what are those other scriptures <laughs> 
Yeah, um, I did because we're doing a series on the Good Shepherd. So I did uh, Goodness and Mercy, which is basically yeah. a Psalm 23 song that I wrote because it was perfect for the day for what I was preaching on. So uh, you're my shepherd. You're all that I need. You lead me through the val- shadows of the valley. Come on, man. That's just plagiarism. Yeah, it David, just David like wrote it's it. Just the scripture. No, I t- <laughs> <laughs> it was like good as a mercy. You know, uh, yea, they all walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I wrote that. Uh, <laughs> it felt like. <laughs> yeah, I don't think. No, I rearranged the valley. Oh, I see. To rhyme differently than his rhyme scheme with so. alley. When you're I walk through shepherd, a dark alley, you're, you're my shepherd. You're all I need. You uh-huh. lead me through the shadows of the valley. So need and lee. By these uh-huh. waters, you're restoring my soul, and goodness and mercy, follow me, goodness and mercy, follow me. It's just a kind of upbeat. And the week before that, I did Mercies, which was, that's actually one of my favorite songs I've ever written. Just, again, another psalm. Johnny, I get it, but people do it all the time. So my pet peeve, though, okay, and it's not scripture. My, I may have said this before or may not have, but it's worth saying again, Johnny, mm-hmm. because it, it drives me crazy, and perhaps it's a judgmental thing. I don't know. My pet peeve yeah. is when someone writes a song and decides to take the bridge and just throw the words and melody to Amazing Grace in. Oh, that they right. just go sing Amazing Grace in the middle of a song yeah. about another song. It's like a, it's like oh, this is how I'll get people to do my song because yeah. everyone you draw them in to loves it. Amazing it's like Grace. This, it's like a nostalgia tornado in the middle of your song. Yeah, but if you go through and look at the number of CCM songs that have yeah. basically a reference to Amazing Grace in the middle, mm-hmm. Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound, the sated wretch like me. I don't want to hear that in your song if i want to sing amazing grace johnny i'll, sing amazing, I'll grace. sing amazing grace but it, it's just like, like that's feels, just lazy writing at that point for me mm, yeah i can't do that with a joke i can't be like in the middle of my joke and be like take my wife please that's any youngman <laughs> yeah you can't wait that wasn't uh roddy dangerfield no roddy dangerfield was like getting no respect i thought he did that one too no any youngman take my wife please yeah uh i don't know man there's a great i was listening to all henny youngman bit He's like one of the original like one-liner comics. Yeah, he'd carry a violin on stage, but he would never really play it. Like he's a fascinating guy. <laughs> Just hold it. And uh, but he did this bit. He said, uh, he said, I called this law from the other day. Fitzpatrick, 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 and Fitzpatrick. And I said, uh, she says hello. I says, Mister Mister Fitzpatrick, and she says, he's a golfing. Okay, can I speak to Mister Fitzpatrick, please? Uh, he's actually on a date with his wife. He'll be back in about an hour and a half. Okay, Mr. Fitzpatrick, uh, is he? Well, he's actually in court right now. All right, let me speak to Mr. Fitzpatrick. He said, speaking. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just like old jokes like that. It's just good. such a funny, dumb joke structure. I like that. But yeah, uh, but anyway, I can't do that. I can't do, like, we used to talk about that, but you should be able to have cover artists, like tribute artists for comedy. Yeah. Or if I want to do a Mitch Hedberg set, I just go do it. Yeah. But, you know, that's, I guess that's like you, stealing. Maybe that's, maybe as long as you But promote- if I do a Bruce Springsteen you know, song it's in my cover. set is it's like, oh, this is cool. He's doing you more to do run. comedy covers. You I want to do my version of Richard Pryor. You need to promote the show that way. Yeah. Well, there's I'm people going... who've done it. There's people who've done that. Yeah. Like on uh, our scene in Nashville, they did it one Halloween where people dressed up. Like somebody did Joan Rivers, somebody did Richard Pryor, somebody did Mitch Hedberg. Wow. I wanted to do a show where it went really Halloween though, and you did like zombie versions. So you'd have like Mitch Deadberg. He would come out like white face and you know blackened eyes and just like you love uh, repurposing <laughs> Halloween into other names. Like, there's things we can't talk about on the air. Yeah, we did an event one time for uh, our old denomination. Yeah, we were hosting. I don't know where you're, where you're going. With. I don't remember this. You do? Yes, you do. Oh, okay. We took all the leaders of our old denomination oh, and right. redid their names with logos. That's right. I wish I, we could use we could use Terry Allen. He wouldn't mind. Oh, that's right. I did uh, Scary Allen? No, it was Harry. Harry. Allen. Oh, Harry. Allen. I'm sorry. A werewolf. And he was a werewolf. Yeah. And we took all the guys. What yeah. was well, Who was Andrew? Andrew. I can't. Oh, he was Andrew, and we made him like just just a hand. <laughs> he was just a hand, like a living hand. And one of the major churches in Nashville was called Cornerstone. Right. And you called it Cornerstone. Cornerstone. And we had like a huge hearse with their. Yeah. logo on the side of it but like we took shots at every single one of the leaders that night and they and loved some it. of them yeah some of them they all loved it i think yeah some of them asked us for the logos i think <laughs> we're one gonna of use guys, this one of the guys used that on his profile or something for a while i thought but yeah you <laughs> if you're gonna That's make funny. me into a zombie version what would it be i wonder uh you know mm-hmm. i don't know John. my name doesn't have anything it doesn't have anything that you could play off of yeah, that, I, that we know of yeah. i mean a real comedian would probably come up with something that's a challenge. That's hurtful. That's a, 
<laughs> no, it was, it was meant to I don't like drive you on, forward. I don't like being put on the spot like yeah. this. Give me a dollar. But yeah, it's like, um, and Halloween's now, you know, because we talked, we had a question, right, from our guy about, because Halloween ends October 31st. Yeah. November 1st, people start putting out their Christmas decorations now. It's as if Thanksgiving doesn't exist for... We totally gloss over it. And I think it's because there's no... I have a thing in my a theory that it's about there's no songs. There's no Thanksgiving songs. Ah. So people go, well, where can we go? You know. Are there just, Halloween songs? Well, you got Monster Mash. Can you name another? <sighs> there's no... no there, Halloween is not thing, though, built here, around music. Somebody tweeted this, and maybe I said this on a, an episode last year, but it was said, the tweet said... I'm getting ready to blow your mind. You've never heard Monster Mash. You've heard a song about Monster Mash. And I was like, oh my gosh, he's right. Because if you remember, it's like uh, late one, uh, middle of the night. And then it says, they played the mash. The Monster Mash. They played the Monster Mash. Wow. It was a graveyard smash. So the song, Monster Mash, is about the song, the the Monster Monster Mash. Mash. It's very meta. It's like, wait, it's like Frankenstein's monster. Yeah. You know? But he's not Frankenstein. Frankenstein was the doctor. Right. It was Frankenstein's monster. Yeah. So, guys, what was his name? We don't know. Shelley. <laughs> <laughs> he's sensitive about it. Yeah. Um. But so anyway, yeah. So the people, the Halloween ends. Boom. We go straight to Christmas. Song. We, You're one we, of those guys. We no. We did. We did fall decoration. You give a week. Where you put out some gourds. Actually, I want to say fall decoration was... We don't do Halloween decorating. I did a show uh, two weeks ago in Minnesota, and I show up to the stage, and they have... And I didn't want to say anything, because sometimes you're like, can you move this pulpit? Because yeah. they'll have, still have their pulpit set up. And I'm yeah. like, I don't need to... It's like a day I'm standing behind it. Ladies and gentlemen! Like, I'm not giving a speech. <laughs> so they'll go, oh, we'll move it. But I showed up, and they've got this huge fall harvest setting it's right in front of where i'm standing it's so many things like indian corn stalks and 80 pumpkins horns of plenty yeah and i'm like this is a lot so i had to like mention it because i'm like guys this was on my rider i had i said there had to be no less than 18 gourds (laughs) and they nailed it you know they got it so i didn't think they could do it (laughs) i had to bring some outside gourds we had to go to a farmer's market (laughs) it was it was too many it was very it was almost distracting like well, you but, couldn't see, like my knees down were covered by. It was like I was on an episode. Harvest of, it was like on an episode of Hee Haw. I was <laughs> popping out of the cornfield. But yeah, so you had fall decorations for a bit, and we then did, you moved straight. You transitioned. Well, again, we had the tree, which we you know we had. Oh, the fall tree, the, the harvest fall tree. So now we've the taken, harvest tree, and we we don't do Halloween decorations. What do you hang on a fall tree? So little pumpkins, like. Just like they grow in nature. Just like in nature, yeah. Well, they're not real, yeah. She put all kinds of stuff there. She she uh, posted Instagram the picture of it. Yeah. And people were there was a big response. Oh, people boy. People were excited. I'd like to leave that tree up all year. Like what I would like to do is, is I've we heard leave, of people doing this. We Valentine's leave the tree, tree. Yeah. Let's just keep it. Arbor up. Day is just bare. Yeah, exactly. Arbor Day is what yeah. it is, and the deal is the real probably motivation yeah. is is I don't have to put a tree up in the attic this way, but. In but other it's in your room the whole day. It's taking up space See, in your house. We when we moved in this house, there were these. The guy had built shelves into this corner recessed mm-hmm. area that's unusable for and anything else. And you pull else. the statue, and it opens up into another. Dude, I found the Constitution. Of, that's uh, awesome. Yeah. So we removed those shelves, and we have this sort of open area. We put a light. It's an alcove. Yeah. That you can't put anything else in. Yeah. And so the tree fits perfect. It's not. It's not intruding uh-huh. into the room at all. Right. You might as well keep on decorating it. But we now have put up Christmas. Yeah. So it's, I don't I don't know if now is too early cuz I mean what is it? it's middle of November. I mean, it's November. We had it up like November It's 15th. fine. Usually a lot of people used to wait until like Thanksgiving was over. Yeah. And you would do it as a family like, "Hey, we're all here. Let's trim the tree." Here's why we can do it now. We're not hosting Thanksgiving. My brother is. So oh, therefore, okay. we don't have to have the house ready for guests Beautiful. for that holiday, we could go ahead and start. It's a great feeling, right? Yep. Be honest with me. Well, it was a great feeling to go and turn on. Because I know your brother music. listens sometimes. We don't want to say like sucker, but he is. <laughs> he knows what he's in for. Yeah, I mean, he was. Yeah, yeah. It's very. We. I enjoy hosting Thanksgiving. Of course, last year was during COVID. We did it outside. I had the outside heaters and tables. It was actually really awesome on yeah. the deck. But um, yeah, we'll be going up to uh, Cookville. Cookville. It's a lovely home too. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's a very lovely home. Yeah. My brother's a builder. He's a builder, so yeah, yeah. he knows what he's doing. Mm, guys, these isn't homes. That, I mean, the builder. Not knows a sponsor. What he's doing. Not a sponsor, and won't be. But 
refused to be a sponsor. But. So the question we had is from um, our wonderful Logan Lopez. And he, right. was, he was asking, when is it too early? Yeah, I don't. I think it, it's obviously it's a to it's put a, up Christmas. It's a sliding sorry, yeah. scale. Yeah, uh, and it depends on how much of a Grinch you are. Because we were talking off air, and you told me that you don't decorate. for I don't Christmas. decorate for Christmas, and I, I was like, feel, "What? Well, I don't have kids. It's a lot. Of, it's a lot." But when the nieces come in, like the nieces sometimes come in and stay with us a few days after Christmas. Yeah, and uh, we've decorated then a little bit, put up the tree because there's something to put their presents under, and it just feels like if they show up and it's just. You know, Uncle Johnny and Aunt Curry's house is just a museum. Like, it feels right. very sterile compared to what their house would but be. But if you were home alone with your wife on Christmas morning, would you not want a tree where you had presents to each other? No. Do you buy presents for each other? Sometimes. So we, a, we don't. We've had a few years where we just don't do it anymore because we just buy each other things throughout All the year. year. Yeah. Or if we want something, we just go get it. That feels very spoiled it is. to say, but wow. it is. It's the reality. But it is the reality. Yeah. Amazon has changed everything. Like, I just get oh. emails randomly throughout the day like, oh, an order is on the way. Wonder what that was about. <laughs> Every day's Christmas. <laughs> and I have to click on it to see what my wife bought. Or sometimes I can't remember what I bought. I don't want to say, women be shopping, Johnny. Wow. Can I just say? Wow. That's not like an 80s comic. <laughs> women be shopping. Yeah, I had a joke that I was trying to work on about that, about how like when I come home from the road and I see all the receipts, I'm like, I had no idea we were doing this well. Like it's almost like a way to put a positive spin on it. Like, we're doing pretty good, if you look at my wife's. But she's not really that big of a shopper. But every now and again, and I do it too. I, I thought you like, were the bigger spender, yeah. I'm a bigger spender than her, for sure. Yeah. And sometimes I try to get her to buy things, and she won't want them. Like, she did not want to replace her car. We just got her a car. Right. And she was like, no. I was like, well, I got a car. I want you to have a – you've had the same car for seven years. Like, yeah. aren't you – I want to get you one with like a backup camera and blind spot. Mod. Like she has no technology in her car, really. Yeah. And I'm like, she's like, but I like my car. And I'm like, this is so great that she doesn't like need it. But it makes me want to do it more because I'm a spender. I want to like, yeah. Get, and then her car started like burning oil, and yeah. you can't do anything when a car starts burning oil. Like it means it's just it's the beginning of the end. Except put more oil. But you just keep changing right. the like we talked about. I'm changing the oil right now. Yeah. So we just decided like pull the plug and. Not the oil plug, but <laughs> pull the plug by an electric car and put in. the But plug. she was kind of like it was kind of like a sad, it was like a loss. She was like, oh. but yeah. now she's got the the newer. It's not new, but it's newer new to her. And now it's she's pretty like, nice. Yeah, it's a nice car. She was like, oh, this is pretty great. Yeah, so now it's very she's nice. yeah. Because I got to see it when you and I you and I and her ran. Oh, that's right. We ran the big race, the night. which yeah. I which I won. Uh, we sprinted at the end by sprint. <laughs> I looked over at you. And you looked at me. I knew it was coming. I was like, yeah. are we going to do this? I don't think you beat me. I, think... I leaned. I leaned. I did the... <laughs> well, you're taller. That's I not did, fair. Yeah. I did the lean. It was fun. Well, I was already kind of hunched. <laughs> I mean, I was carrying... I, I wore a headlamp. Yeah. And it wouldn't stay on. It bounced right down over my neck. Yeah. So I was carrying it in so my head. you're hand. holding it. It felt like uh, we were on like a like a coming of age movie where we're looking for the, you know, the treasure. Yeah. Yeah, but it was actually potholes. We're running, we're running from like the bad guys. Yeah. Puddles and potholes. I was like trying to keep you from. Yeah, yeah, but it was good, and I, I didn't know because I told you after I was like, you could have just gone on. You're like, no, that was my pace. Oh yeah, I wasn't going on because I was like, why is John? Is he waiting on me? I, there was a weird tension there where I thought, is this happening all over again? Where John now feels like he needs to hang back with I me? D- I done told you, Johnny. Okay, I done told you because you could have, you could have no. turned on the jets. I felt like at any time I pulled a Michael Scott and. Before I left the house, because it's a night run, ate some <laughs> yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't find anything at the house to eat, and so all we had was this leftover like chicken spaghetti stuff. Oh no! And I was like, well, I guess I'll carb up a little bit. And dude, it was like a rock yeah. sitting in my stomach. So I had a stitch most of the run. Oh really? You know, and I just ran through it. But I know that's my pace. Right? I'm super. I'm super not able. Well, no, we're not slow. We were ahead of a lot of people, but it's well, a, yeah, it's but, a moderate. What but it's doing, a like minute a, slower than I used to run, yeah. like a couple years ago, and I don't mm. know why. Like uh, old, we're old. I'm not though. I don't. I don't. I don't roll like that. Oh, I'm gonna call myself old at you, 42. You mean denial? So, <laughs> <laughs> I don't really roll with gravity. I, I'm just kind of like I'm just like I'm on a float. I just think. <laughs> I mean, I meet guys way older than me that run. Like Andrew runs like seven minute miles. Yeah, used to until he hurt his. But leg. he's like 110 pounds, soaking wet. Yeah. You know, yeah, I'm not. No, 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 and and, and I'm not in, I'm not in the best shape right now. I'm not in the worst, but I'm close. <laughs> so uh, even when I ride my bike, I I realize like I don't <laughs> ride my bike as fast as my buddy does that rides with me. 
But, like, he's 140 pounds, 135 pounds. Yeah. And I'm tall. Like, I'm way up on my bike. I got this huge unicycle-looking bike because I have to have the long-legged frame. Yeah. And or my knees will hit the handlebars. So I'm way up there. I'm just a bigger guy. Like, it is what it is. I've got some drag. <laughs> you know? There's a there's some wind. I'm like a sail going into the if you and your buddy were both physics problems, right. like, it would come out to where you, Yeah, you you can't control for what the differences are. You right. can't be like person A and person B. It's, it's like physics. person A is just a different body person. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Interesting. I'm, just, I'm not trying to let myself off the hook. I try to do as much as I can, but I'm just saying, like, you know, and he is in better shape than me, too. He does, like, 50-mile rides yeah. regularly. And I've done, like, a, a 30 a couple of times. I don't think it's old, but I am in an age where I don't care about the pace. I mean, I notice just care it. about finishing. Yeah, I want to finish. Yeah. If I start noticing it way, on, I'll still just run at that. I'm not going to stop. Yeah. Um, and if I need to stop, I will. Like, you know, that's the thing. Like, that's no, I didn't in that race. I probably could have walked Yeah, a minute, Yeah, but, I was feeling it. I was like. I don't want to stop, but I. If I had been running by myself, I would have stopped at like mile two, maybe, and walked for a minute, then ran them. Well, it's mile. because of the spaghetti. Like I run three miles usually. It was, three, mom, it was mom's spaghetti. Three was, to four uh, times a week, I'll run three miles. It's like the M&M so. song, <laughs> vomit on your sweater already. <laughs> but I was like, oh man, yeah. Normally, mm. yeah, it was fine, but I had a really good time. It was, it was, it was a good event. It was. It was fun, and uh, the only thing was it had been raining. So like some of those places were a little bit like, are we running in? puddles and puddles like yeah. am i gonna snap my ankle off you didn't know the couple of terrain yeah. and there was not like a lot of support out there to be like we got a man down like you they were had him the- periodically posted but, yeah but it's you know it's late it's night it's you're night running run. in the lights i mean it's again if, in case you guys don't cool. know it was it's you're running in this huge a light christmas show, light parade right? yeah that that cars come and go through it's out in wilson county it used to be over by opryland yeah it's pretty neat it was pretty cool um so i recommend it the uh dancing lights 5k yeah. do it next year with and us. it benefited casa right yeah. So that's huge. Uh, court appointed special advocates. It's something we raise money for here at the church as well. So, yeah. Pretty, pretty, pretty fun uh, night. And so, I won. So that was well, big metal for me. Mm, one's strong. Vanquished. Word. Once again. One, we got. We, I'm 2 and 0. Oh. It's the way I see it. 20 years ago. <laughs> and then last week. Did you beat me in the uh, half marathon? We ran completely together Good. on that. Well, that's all we did. We did that here, too. We literally ran across but the finish line at the same time. But I leaned. So you're going to count that lean. <sighs> that half marathon was a fun one because <laughs> you had never run that much before. No. I think the most you'd run was like eight. Six. Six or seven, yeah. And I ran 13, yeah. Yeah, and then you were like, I'm seeing spots. You oh, told yeah. me, like, I'm seeing spots right now. I was like, oh, it's just because it's cold. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like I couldn't lower my arms. We didn't stop. You couldn't lower your arms. Afterwards, I'd had him up running like this oh, so right. long. Like I, when I got in the car, like my arms were I mean, it was such a <laughs> probably again. Good thing I was young. It'd be the kind of thing that at forty two might do some serious damage. But yeah, at twenty two or whatever is like. Well, we made up our mind we wouldn't stop running, and it was all hills. Yeah, it was a lot of hills. It was yeah. Strawberry Plains, Tennessee. Yeah, and it was a cold day. So it was seven a.m. in uh-huh. February. And I didn't have cold gear back then. Like yeah. I was, I was piecing together cold gear. Um, and that was the year I ran the full. I was training to run the full. Wow! So you were helping me out. I said, "Dude, I, run this with me, and we'll whatever." And you go, "Okay, man." Yeah. And I didn't run the whole full. I mean, I, I walked some of the full, but I did finish. Yeah. It was not a not a great the Nashville time. full. Is that the one mm-hmm. you did that year? Yeah, okay. two thousand two. I don't know if I'm ever going to get up back to a full. No. Or not. I could see training to do a half again. Though. I could do a we half. should do it, man. Let's train. I could do a half. You know that, that ours is this weekend. Well, Nashville. I'm not ready for that. Uh, we've got it. We did 5K. I thought that was an April run. They've moved it all because okay. of COVID. Yeah. Yeah, like last year, probably about a year ago, I went out and ran nine or ten one day on a Saturday morning. Yeah. You know, like so, when I was really you know running four to five, I can go run running usually. free. So, Just, but. That's the last time I've run that far. I ran six back in September. I don't think I could do. I don't think I could do six. I think I would just totally be done. I don't know, but yeah, well, we could train though. If you just you take your time, yeah, you just you know, you pace yourself, yeah, and you but you have to do it. You have to get in that mode of like I'm going to run four miles and five miles and four, every day you have to do something. Oh yeah, yeah. Then yeah. you got to take your rest day. And what I'm going to do is take a rest month from the 5K, <laughs> just have some bonbons. Yeah, I'm really debating whether or not I keep trying. It's not even keto. It's just low carb, just trying to make better decisions, you know. But the holidays, 
they they the like holidays are about carbs. They put you into a mindset of what's the point, and that's a bad place to be. I feel like we've opened up a discussion. We've we've made it okay for guys to actually admit out there that they think about carbs and their weight. Because I think for a long time, as we grew up, like it was always thought of as like only women think about diets and the way they look and the way they, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like your self-esteem being it. We've either like we are coming off as such beta males on our podcast over the last few years. Or there's other people like us that are going, oh, I thought I was the only one yeah. that like thought, do I need to go on keto? Do I need to? I mean, every guy yeah. I know. Maybe it's just about, generational yeah. and it's become a thing now. Like I'll meet these guys who uh, they're just more naturally fit, you know, but for the most part, anybody in their 30s and 40s. Naturally fit people really bother me. Well, they're usually doing something about it. No. I do have one friend. He has like, I haven't exercised in three months. Yeah. And like you can tell he's bigger, but even as bigger, he still has a six pack. And you're like, <sighs> what, what the heck? Infuriating. Well, it's like a, it's like a, how's that possible? Yeah, like, like the a, muscles moved out with. Yeah, there's a comedian uh, that's just this cut guy, big guy, and he's just got these shoulders. I'm just like, so you lift, right? Like I said, I started lifting the last couple of years, and it's like, but I don't even know. Like, what are you doing? He goes, I, I don't do anything. <laughs> I was like, that makes me so mad. Wow. Like I would be, I feel so much better if he was like, I'm doing all this stuff more than you, and that's why I have this body. Yeah. But it, when he said I'm not doing anything, I was like, so it's just not fair. The universe <laughs> is just unfair then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, 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 he is a vegan though which surprised me well maybe that's what he's doing uh i don't know it's all is it all nutrition that's abs are made in the kitchen is that what they say uh, that's what they say i that, tried to whip my buddy up. my buddy dustin nickerson said uh that's no help when i eat most of my meals in the car <laughs> <laughs> abs are made in the kitchen oh that's funny <clears throat> you know listener maybe you're in the car or the, or kitchen. the kitchen yeah and we thank you for the time you've given us today. Um, every week you join us and we hear from you guys that uh, you enjoy the time and we do too. We wish we could just hear you talking back to your phone or yeah, computer. Yeah, that would get old. Yeah, probably. Why don't you just let us do the talking? Pipe down, guys. We got this covered. <laughs> so, uh, But we actually would love to hear from you in other ways. You can go to our website. Talkaboutthatpodcast.com. You can go there and become a patron if you like on our Patreon page, or you can uh, check out ways to contact us, send us more questions. Uh, maybe we'll talk about Christmas decorations for uh, for your question in whatever the equivalent would be. Sure. Yeah. New Year's decorations? Uh, yeah. Don't you think we should do more for New Year's? People do fireworks sometimes. It's because everybody's drained after yeah, Christmas. we're over it. And my birthday falls right in between. Yeah, your Christmas birthday. It's like a super holiday week. And in one week, I go to Christmas, birthday, and New Year's. It's like I get all my holidays out. I'm gonna get. I'm getting you one present, and that's it. Yeah, just, that, no, if that. Most people don't even remember. They're like, they're, you know, I've already got your present. You got me a present? Oh yeah, I've got you. Don't to get me a present. I've had it for months. And I've Is just the been expectation waiting. now that I get you a present? Well, look. Did I get you a present? I thought I did. One of your books, probably. Here you go, buddy. I signed hey, look it. Here, galley copy. <laughs> look at that. It's got errors. <laughs> So maybe worth more? Good luck not reading it. <laughs> That's funny. Hey, you have an Audible account now, you said. Oh, I'm excited. Have you listened to Not So Black and White, it's the on, audiobook? Oh, maybe. Is it on there? Dude, we spent three weeks. But I don't know if it's in the, because I'm in the, like, plus membership, not in the premiere. So you can't just pick what you want. It's got to be in that Oh, group you might have to pay for it a little bit, Johnny. Well... That's I'll give you some money. No, I'll do I'll that. Venmo you. It's you and Reggie it's reading. Me and Reggie reading. Let's do it. Yeah. Not so black and white book dot com. If you want to get your copy. Yeah. And if you haven't left uh, me a rating, uh, if you've got the book and haven't left a rating, man, go to Amazon. The ratings are not still the book. Good. Leave John a rating. All right, just me. <laughs> now go check out. Yeah, uh, the Amazon page and uh, people are. It's pretty exciting. People are. People are uh, talking. We're going to be in a pretty major podcast. We record next week. I'll tell you guys about it later. It doesn't come out to next year, but like it's a huge podcast. So it's an exciting interview coming up. Bigger than this podcast, John? Just a bit. Just a skosh. Well, we'll Just. catch them. We'll get there. <laughs> I don't know if we'll, I don't know if we'll With catch With your this help, one. listener. That's right. <laughs> uh, but you can also check out Johnny's comedy specials. Check out Johnny on social media. Follow him on Instagram. And certainly go give a rating on his dry bar special. That really helps him out. Do that. 
Yeah. And it's really good stuff. He's writing new stuff right now. He was showing me at lunch, and it was really good. So he stood up on the table and did stand up, and the whole restaurant applauded. I couldn't. They didn't want it. It was a very yeah. They asked him to leave. It was like that moment in Good Morning Vietnam where they're stuck in the row of trucks, and he stands up in the back of the truck and starts doing stand up for the soldiers waiting. Yeah. Except it wasn't that. It was people trying to eat their bread. Right. I wouldn't shut up with my dumb jokes. Yeah. And it was. They're like, we'll ask you to leave, sir. Yeah. Just like the movie, but with those minor differences yeah. so yeah <laughs> it was fun so look forward to new content from him as well but you can you can follow him to hear something funny every day love that john he's a funny guy oh john so but you got so much more depth than just funny johnny you're more no. than just a, no i'm just a funny guy that's it pretty shallow i've made pretty peace with it <laughs> well guys thanks for listening and uh, we'll look forward to doing it again next week on talk about that <laughs> And oftentimes, you know, you're chasing happiness, but you don't know that God is the best way to achieve the happiness you're looking for. And so I was trying to end my suffering by sinning, but I only ended up sinning my way into more suffering. That was Grammy winner Lecrae unpacking his testimony on The Walk, a podcast for worshipers. Join us weekly to hear artists, songwriters, worship leaders, filmmakers, and other creatives tell stories in the form of a devotional. The Walk can be found on lifeaudio.com or your favorite podcast platform.